If you love all things gardening, why not join us at our Spring Fair from the 3rd to the 5th of May at Bewley in Hampshire. You'll find everything you need to kickstart the season. Find out more at bbcgardenersworldfair.com. See you there. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist recommended facial moisturizer brand. This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. Just because you're working out doesn't mean you shouldn't look fabulous. The Inspire Collection by Kalia was designed with both style and performance in mind. It looks good, feels good, and stays put no matter how you move. And the collection has everything you need for a day at the gym. A support bra, crop tanks, bike shorts, amazing leggings, and more. It's their most versatile collection yet. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. We all know eating a fresh, balanced diet is the key to staying fit and healthy. But could you do more to improve what you consume every day? I know I could. Would it surprise you to hear that gardening could be just the place to start? Hello, I'm Adam Frost, and today I'm talking to nutritional therapist Sonal Shah from Synergy Nutrition. Sonal believes there are lots of benefits from eating homegrown food. Hello, Sonal. Lovely to meet you. Thank you. Lovely to meet you too. So I think these podcasts are all about health, well-being, ultimately the power of green. And I think they've soon become sort of just a personal therapy session for me to understand what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong, not only in my garden, but in my life. So I'm hoping from today, you're going to improve my eating and what I should be growing and what I shouldn't be growing. So before we do that, though, just tell us a little bit about how you got into how you got into the sort of the nutritional sort of therapy and what it is that you love about it. Sure. Yeah. So my career was almost set for me, Adam. So as a kid, I was always into the human body, psychology, healthy food. So I was reading about that when I was younger. And then it was later on in my education that I chose sciences um, and then studied nutrition. I didn't want to go towards the conventional route of medicine and pharmacy there was something that didn't resonate in my soul about using pharmaceutical medication so I chose the natural route trained as a nutritionist I've actually done two degrees <laughs> um and then that's led me to where I am now but yeah what, what excites me the most is because our bodies are like machines so just making sure that we've got 
you know, fit, strong bodies and it serves us well because we're looking after it well. So I mean, I'm interested in anything natural and healthy, basically. Yeah. Healthy body, healthy mind. Yeah. And and then what sort of led you to that, you know, I suppose the simplicity of growing and even to the point of organics, that sort of, what's led you to that down that path? So I believe in nature's pharmacy. Um, I don't actually grow my own organic vegetables myself. No, no, so no. Th- that's still an area that, yeah. But in terms of um, the, I've seen it, this industry exponentially significantly exp- explode it's grown so much people are more conscious of what they're putting into their bodies but personally for me I think I was ahead of um my time because I was really thinking about that since I was younger so it's just going on instinct and just uh, inner knowing that this is the right way to do it we're surrounded by nature you know we look at how plants grow what they need you know sunlight water the right environment and they thrive so similar to our human bodies we're very similar to plants if that makes sense yeah so so in a sense that which all makes perfect so it's interesting you sort of talking about ahead of your time and I've mentioned this fellow before in these podcasts but but ultimately you know 30 odd years ago I worked for a fellow called Jeff Hamilton and used to present Gardener's World and he was you know he was organic growing back then and he was looked upon as a bit of a hippie and a bit way out there you know and um, but he would always talk about, you know, the importance of, of the health of our diet and things like that. So, but how do you think sort of, I suppose, gardening can play its way now in our everyday life when it comes to our food? So using practices that they used, you know, 50 plus years ago before we had the introduction, you know, before pesticides and other chemical fertilizers when introduced growing our own because now it's so easy to go into a supermarket and get our produce but how much of it is actually imported from abroad and actually fresh as it used to be so um, I think gardening has lots of benefits you know mind body and spirit but there's nothing more wonderful and delightful to have something that you know you grow as a seedling and you see it grow and you consume it Um, and you've got numerous health benefits as well with gardening and especially growing your own fruit and vegetables and produce yeah yeah and and you you mentioned about you know we import an awful lot of food what impact you know do those food miles have on on you know our food by the time it arrives and our health and well-being I mean, one thing is the sizable carbon footprint, you know, somebody's concerned about that. But in terms of health benefits, for me, it's about freshness, how much of our produce actually contains the nutrients intact to actually nourish our bodies. Um, And often our foods are transported, so probably grown in conditions where the soils might not be rich in minerals in itself and then flown over long distances and then stored also in the supermarkets before it even gets into the shelves and then in our fridges onto the table. So along those processes, there's lots of things that can hinder the nutrients. And also a lot of our produce comes with plastics. So the main concern for me is not necessarily the carbon footprint, but is the packaging, you know, and we've already got a lot of toxins in our environment and yeah, resources that we're using up. So it's so that, but for me, it's about nu- nutrients. That using yeah. Up, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And a sort of, I mean, I, I suppose the difference between growing organic vegetables to you know things that are grown on I mean day-to-day you know horticulture and farming exactly yeah so if you grow your own um if we tend to grow our own we we can control the environment so we can control the soils that we use the fertilizers we're putting in and also if it's grown local it's better for the environment yeah and growing in season is another thing so there's so many things that we think thinking about yeah 
What would what would be you know if I was going to wake up tomorrow and I was going to create uh, a, a sort of a, a perfect world? How would you how would you feed people? How would you go about it? <laughs> That's a really good question. Yeah, so it would be yeah. using so growing crops ideally is not you know in the environments that they thrive in. So I would have a very colourful plot of you know that that would be what I'm aiming for is like a variety of different fruits and vegetables grown on the you know optimum soils so they're mineral rich you know full of the minerals like calcium magnesium iron selenium which is what our uk soils tend to be low in um natural light because that's how nature is and also the i mean obviously we can't control the water but you know that would be the ideal environment the other thing adam is a lot of individuals using greenhouses aren't they and they're creating that kind of um, synthetic stimulation but again that also has the carbon footprint and there's other things that there might be certain cons with that so as natural as possible um, and that includes yeah. quality of air the, the air and also the water as well but yeah it, I mean if we can nourish our soils and then choose crops that are suitable for that that match the conditions then I think yeah that would reflect in the food produce that's um yeah, harvested it. I mean, in, a, in an interesting way, you're talking about full circle, aren't you, really? We sort of go back to where the way that we cared for our soils, we grew the right things, we, we were organic because we didn't have chemicals and, and then worked very seasonally as well. But Exactly. And, and also, how, right, yeah. how does sort of, how does taste of vegetables work within the stuff that you've done? And, you know, how do, how do you sort of, how do you advise people as a, you know, as a sort of a, a nutritional therapist, how do you advise people? Yeah. So for me, it's more nutrients, more vegetables and fruits, because there is that organic debate. And, you know, looking at the research, um, there's only mild to moderate differences in the nutrients of organic produce. So right. non-organic doesn't necessarily mean that um, it's lower in nutrients. It's more about... Um, the consumption somebody's making of the fruits and vegetables. So the government recommends five a day, you know, in terms of health benefits for us. Um, but I would actually exceed that to higher levels. Um, and in some countries, the recommended daily allowance is about eight, minimum eight portions of fruits and vegetables. So that's what that's what I advise my clients is to get more nutrients in. Because the other thing is, there's other things that combat our nutrient status so things like stress for example ph pharmaceutical medication toxins they can and certain things in our foods that actually hinder nutrient absorption so if we consume more healthier foods i.e vegetables and fruits they they have more therapeutic benefits to our bodies not just alkalizing it um but it's healthier all around if that makes sense so i'm not i, I don't force my clients to go for organic because cost is another issue isn't it i'd rather they spend yeah. more in um increasing the amount of consumption and you know looking at some of my clients diets they might just get a couple of portions here and there but it's not enough for me i'm like i'm always telling them to increase yeah what they're eating and cutting back on things that hinder their hinder their nutrients yeah <laughs> so it's balance so when it comes to you know growing so i can i'm, pr I'm pretty good i can I can supply quite a lot of food, you know, into the house through the growing season. But what about when it comes to sort of preserving stuff, free, you know, freezing stuff, you know, how can that still be good for our health going forward? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, freezing, so frozen vegetables or fruits are actually quite 
they're quite nutrient dense because they're picked and frozen straight away. So the nutrients remain intact. But this is where the issue is, is the method of cooking. So if somebody's um, oversteaming it or overcooking the vegetables, certain nutrients can get lost. So in preserving it is ideally eating it as fresh as possible, um, cooking it minimally. And yeah. there's methods of cooking that are slightly healthier. Um, but there's nothing wrong with frozen. Absolutely. I think it's fine. And if it starts from growing your own and then you've got extra a surplus of produce, freezing it or sharing it you know, with the community, because that's another thing that we want to create a society of like this community um, sharing what we grow is a great way to yeah eat and within you know not yeah. not having that delay eat it consuming it yeah fresh and soon as <laughs> cool and the bit i picked up out of that straight away being the cook um that i am and love cooking the healthiest ways of cooking our veggies i think i yeah. know but i need you to confirm whether i'm yeah. right or not what, what do you think <laughs> Well, I just sort of don't boil, the, but don't boil the life out of everything. You yeah. know, don't sort of don't cook it for too long. Yeah. You know, don't do it in masses and masses of oil. All the obvious things, I think. But you yeah. know, go on, you tell me. Yeah, exactly. So, um, as you so steaming, roasting, a good me- good methods. Oil is actually interesting because you've also got synergy with nutrients. So, certain vitamins, I. For example, vitamin A, vitamin D, E and K need a little bit of fats. So a little bit of oil actually will make the nutrients more absorbable in the body. So fats are actually good. Yeah, they pair up quite well with certain vegetables. Um, but as wow. you say... So actually, if you mm. if, if you learn more about what the, vitam- the particular vitamins that your vegetables provide you, yeah. then that can guide the way that you're going to cook them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Because fats have been kind of demonized as being the baddie, but they help unlock fat soluble vitamins into the body. Yeah. So there's a little bit of chemistry there, but yeah. And the other issue is another factor to take into account is the gut, the gut microbiome, because it's not just what you eat and what you, it's what you digest and absorb as well. So you can have the healthiest plate, you know, have a lovely plate full of organically grown home produced vegetables but if you're not digesting it you're probably getting half the benefits if that makes sense yeah it's hard to measure adam it's hard to measure nutrients yeah i mean how do how do we measure it do you know what i mean like i don't have a lab i know it's, uh, <laughs> it sounds mind-blowing really when you start when you really start talking about it but i mean i this is for me i think like, if i go back as a kid and following, you know, nan and granddad around the allotment, picking stuff off the ground, wiping the carrot, eating it away. <laughs> and, and fast forward, you know, 40 odd plus years, we we now seem to live in such a, a clinical, clean world that, you know, nobody can eat any dirt. And But then you've got people that are now allergic to whether it's strawberries or this or that. Is there a connection with the fact that actually we've cleaned stuff up so much, but now we spray so much stuff on stuff? How does that all sort of link up? Yeah, exactly. As you said, we're becoming more kind of hygiene conscious, sanitized. We're living in a clinically sanitized world where we've got chemicals that didn't exist, like, you know, 50, 60 plus years ago. These are all man-made synthetic chemicals um, that actually potentially have long term side effects we don't actually know we're all guinea pigs unfortunately you know as optimist as I am we really are Um, yeah but that does 
you know, we never felt ill as children. We were playing in the soils outside, as you said. Yeah. You had you consumed a little bit of soil or dirt, you'd be fine. So there is a lot of research and it's still a growing area. But from what I've studied, and I'm really into gut health and, you know, nature's pharmacy, um, we need it. We need, we need it's, it's absolutely harmless to consume it, I think, um, a little bit here and there. And I was doing some research and there's a term called geophagia, which is, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, where this is over centuries, animals in certain indigenous populations were eating the soils because they were mineral rich. Animals naturally do it. So things like, you know, gorillas and elephants. Um, and then also pregnant women, they have their craving for yeah. pica and clay. And that's obviously to get certain minerals in. So a little bit of soil is fine. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not advocating people go and eat soil. But if there is a little, little bit of soil, like you know, they, they may pull out on a crop like a carrot or a potato. It's not the end of the world. You know, it's fine. Yeah. There's a hygiene hypothesis. Um, and as you said, you know, the incidence of allergies is increasing. Yeah. And I suppose when it comes to that, you know, what, I mean, obviously I know, you know, it, it always amazed me is when we had that sort of, um, you know, the male cow disease and people then became worried about what's put in their meat. Um, but I always used to say, God, if people only knew what was sprayed on our vegetables, you know, they would. And, and for me, that drives a lot of, I think is is part of that sort of things that maybe causes problems with our health and well-being, sort of residuals yeah. and things like that. So have, have you done much work on that sort of thing? Yeah, exactly. No, you're spot on and it adds the toxins can add up. Um, I mean, I'm big on the gut and the liver. So this would fall under the topic of, I guess, detoxification. And it's like input output, isn't it? But we're so lucky that we've got these robust bodies with organs like the liver that work 24-7 like a factory to detox. So this is why... It's all about balance. Um, if, if we do consume certain chemicals, our bodies usually have the inbuilt physiological ways to detox it out, you know, through the skin, through the gut. But certain chemicals, and this is where it's a bit like, ah, the man-made ones, they can potentially be fat-soluble, so they sit in our cells. So they need stronger ways to kind of strip them out of our body, yeah? Um, we're really similar to plants, yeah. aren't we, in that sense? Because certain conditions, yeah. some plants are, aren't as hardy enough, and they you know, um, perish away. It's the same as the body. So it's all about our gut health being strong. And our, the front line is our immune system, is the gut. So looking after that, and that links up to the liver. But this is the other thing. We can do testing as well. So there's ways to te test to see what our toxicities are. There are certain tests we can do. So I do, I sometimes work with clients on getting tests done. So we can test, we can test heavy metals as well. Yeah. yeah. What you've just described about the gut really for plants that the soil is is ultimately that isn't it you know they, they're they're rooting into that they're pulling from that and it's the same as the gut sets us up really and have you got vegetables that you that you go to as a sort of a you know you know i come i come around to you you know i haven't got a clue what i'm doing i i need to <laughs> give a little bit of direction and, and move myself forward yeah uh, have you got sort of some key vegetables that i should be growing that would that would be good go-tos? Yeah. I mean, again, everyone's got their personal likes and dislikes. with So I, if I'm yeah. recommending to grow, it's better to grow something that one's going to eat. But my favourites would be things like anything green is good for us. So things like the kale is fantastic. Kale, different species of kale, yeah. um, lettuce, chard, asparagus, peas. Um, so that's a good way to start. I mean, carrots are great. Um, potatoes, onions. Yeah. Most fruits and vegetables are good for us, yeah. Um, it's all about variety as well, because the other yeah. thing is we don't want to have the same thing again and again, so just mixing it up. But you yeah. can't go wrong with the lettuce and the kale. They're the king of the vegetables, yeah. 
very nutrient mm. dense. So yeah, packed full of antioxidants that are good for body. And interesting, don't all necessarily take a lot of room to grow. Exactly. I mean, most people, you know, if you live in the city, which I used to do, it's harder to <laughs> grow. You need the patch of land. So I'd have my herbal garden. But yeah, if you have the space, then yeah, absolutely. There's some crops that are hardier, yeah. aren't they, than others. So just, yeah. But if, if I was to advise somebody to grow, that grow something that you're going to eat and that's easy to maybe look after. Yeah, even with kids and me to get the kids out gardening, doing it through food, something that I can actually feed them with at the end of it they're far more interested in coming and playing their part but yeah yeah and the, and the project you know the produce at the end it, it will taste that much better there's more flavors in there the colors are more vibrant so we can see it we can taste it it's all our senses isn't it so um and i think it's great for children to get involved absolutely yeah, yeah. we had home economics when i was growing up so we didn't have gardening but i think it's a great be great if schools started to introduce that yeah so they could actually see where the where it's coming from. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So with your <laughs> clients then, how do you sort of how you know, where where do you how do you sort of work with them? What's what's the process that we, that we go through? Yeah, so first step for me is a health a health form, a simple health form where, where I want to know my clients' goals, a little yeah. bit about the medical history and their current diet. And then the first consultation, we go through that. Um, we can, I can ask them a bit more, more questions on that, really go into depth about the symptoms that they've got. I often ask about, in fact, I always ask about the gut, energy, sleep, and um, their likes and dislikes. And then we work, we work out and then I guide them on that process. Yeah. So they leave with a plan. Yeah. And that process being so, you know, what would you know, look at me, have a quick diagnosed, you know, I'm a, I'm a gardener. I'm, I'm probably, I'm quite reasonably healthy. I run a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably drink a little bit too much at the weekends if I'm really, really honest. So, you know, how would, I'm getting a little bit older. Um, yeah. You know, there's a little bit of muscle wastage going on. I'm sharing far too much information for, for public sort of, you know, you'd sit me down. I know you'd tell me to sleep a little bit more as well, but <laughs> how would you sort of go about setting up my breakfast, lunch and dinner? I told you this was all about me. It's, you know, hopefully someone will get something about it, but go You're on. hilarious, Adam. Yeah. yeah so I'd know. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're in a full consultation and yeah, I'm all about details. I'm a proper, yeah, food yeah. nutritionist. So what exactly you're having for breakfast, you know? No. So I said, well, let's do it bit by bit. So at the moment I have probably a bit of toast if I'm in a hurry, if not, um, I have a sort of bit of muesli or something like that, and then it's probably a cup of tea, and then I'm away. Yeah. Well, at least you're getting breakfast. It's yeah, it's not bad. Although, what, what do you spread on the toast? Was it just how, how do you have your toast? Oh, it depends. <laughs> um, honey, I do like honey. Okay. I'm sure it's a honey, but um, but then I also like marmite as well. So yeah, you know, so it depends where I'm going, sweet or savoury. Yeah. So what you're looking at also is your appetite and hunger. If it keeps you going for a couple of hours, that's great. Usually adding protein to it would probably fuel you a bit more further. So maybe peanut yeah. butter, almond nut butter, an egg with toast or baked beans, you know, something like that. Could I get some fruit or veggies in? Yeah, fruit on an empty stomach is ideal. So you could start the day with a fruit salad, even mix it into a smoothie. But again, once you've blended up the fruit, that spikes the sugar. So you want to balance out your smoothie with something like maybe yogurt or some milk or um, an avocado just to, or a, pro, a, a scoop of protein powder. Yeah. So there's ways to make your day more nutritious. Yeah. Because I think that's part of the problem with with people that live busy lives is we can talk about five a day, seven a day, whatever it might be, but how do you fill it all in? 
at this times. Is it. And, you know, you get to the end of the day. So so come lunchtime, yeah. what would be ideal? So again, eating in season. So if we work on that, those principles, um, so we're in summer right now, the tail end of summer. So again, salads are great with this warm weather. So something light, a hearty salad with again, pair it up with some protein. So whatever you like, Adam, I don't know. Do you like eggs, fish, beans, something like that? even a sandwich if you're okay with bread. If you're on the go, you could even make a smoothie because a smoothie can be a meal replacement, yeah? The other thing about a smoothie, it's easy to pack in a lot of fruit and veg in there. This is the other thing. So it's a good way to up your um, the portions. For tea, you could have, I mean, it depends what you like. I mean, I've got, you know, there's a plethora of different meals you could have, but just, you can make anything healthy. You know, you can even do healthy pizzas with like, um, we can make yeah. your own pizza and add lots of toppings to it. But balanced meals to me is something that has a lot of vegetables, <laughs> so loads of veggies, a bit of protein yeah. and some carbs. That's the idea because what you're looking at is how do you feel your body because you're not eating just for the sake of eating. You're eating to actually keep your energy up as well and to keep it, you know, to get your body strong. Yeah. But if you're worried about muscle, you know, as we get older, we do lose muscle. So the way to preserve that is to yeah. get more protein in. And I'm big on protein, so I love adding protein powders and things like that to boost the nutritional value. But yeah, more veg. We can't. The research that I've done, and I'm big on plant-based diets, is more vegetables is the way to go. It's the way to alkalize the body, um, and there's great ways to sneak them in. You can have certain vegetables yeah. raw. You know, you can chop up a carrot, for example. You can um, cook them. You can do stir fries. Stir fries are a great way to get extra veggies in and lightly cook them. Yeah. And then come winter time, or as it gets colder, yeah. soups and casseroles, you know, you can, it's really easy to make quick dishes with them. So it requires a bit of organization. But once you, you know, once you get that, often, sometimes my clients yeah. will say, structure it out. So have a, a weekly schedule, you know, you rotate it every three days. It's okay to batch cook. It's okay to freeze. So maybe that's what some of it is from the veg garden. Because I'm, I suppose I'm sitting here sort of working out, well, I'm a gardener. You know, I can grow X, Y, and Z, but actually there's going to be times of the year when I'm, you know, I'm sort of, it's famine or feast in the veg garden a little bit. So it's, it is about preserving, storing, batch cooking, that sort of thing that's going to help me through, through the winter months. Yeah. yeah. It's all about balance. Yeah. So if you eat well 80% of the time, you can have that 20% where you can have your treats and <laughs> anything else. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's quite fascinating, isn't it? Actually, how you sort of, align you know our, our gut with with ultimately with the soils and the garden you know for a gardener just to start to think of themselves as a garden rather than a person and yeah. tend it in the same way really exactly it also comes back to mindfulness so this is where you know you look at your body is everyone's so different um you know mind we're mind and body aren't we we're beings very similar we thrive you know you can't keep us contained in conditions away from sunlight or in a dark room you know that's when mental health starts to kick in doesn't it like depression things like that so we have to compare ourselves and um you know nature just looking at nature you know gives us clues into kind of the, the rhythms of nature and how we kind of should follow that yeah, we've been speaking to a lot of people about obviously you know mental health, well being, and and the whole podcast series. But interestingly, every single one of you has talked about either the rhythm of nature, or moments in nature, or being in the moment, or thinking about the detail rather than the big picture. And 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 I suppose that's what it is really. It's just a jigsaw of lots of little bits, and it's it's just us thinking about each part of us and and doing the best we can 
you know. Exactly. Yeah. Knowing yourself as well. You know, I think there's so many external distractions and influences. It's knowing to know, getting to know your own body, you know, often it'll give you a clue what, what you need. You know, if somebody is craving clay, for example, you know, the pregnant women craving, craving soil or even an individual, I don't meet many people that crave soil. Um, it could be a clue that their body needs that bit of calcium and iron as an energy boost. Yeah. So the yeah. body, listen, really listening to the body, you know, and sometimes being out in nature, even if somebody's not gardening, just going for a walk outside without anything, without headphones, listening to music, just listening to the natural sounds and you're just connecting with your breath. That could be a nice mindful practice and kind of gets you going inwards, connecting around with your surroundings. Yeah. Just making you realise that we're part of something bigger. Yeah, I think that's what you're saying, aren't you? And just slowing down, being aware of what you're eating. You did make me laugh when you said about the, the eating clay. Mrs. Frost, all she wanted was Chinese chicken curry. <laughs> I'd come down at eight o'clock in the morning and she'd be eating cold Chinese chicken curry. But that was quite a long time ago. So, yeah. um, but actually the stuff you're drawn to, but how do we break the yeah. habit of, because I've also got a 15 year old that if you put a vegetable in front of him, he yeah. would go that way, you know, but <laughs> if you put sugar in front of him, how, how do we break that within a, yeah. I suppose within a garden setting with, how can I convince him to, you know, eat more greens? Yeah, the thing with children and even toddlers, I deal with a lot of this, fussy, I mean, fussy children plus fussy adults. Um, it's an element of education, but also making them realise, you know, sugar is, it's again, it's it's not natural, it's not good for us, you know, it's just empty calories. The thing is, there's a plethora of vegetables out there. So if a kid or an adult doesn't like one particular vegetable, it's not the end of the world, they can always try something else until they're satisfied. Now, certain kids, they've got that sensory connection, you know, like autism, for example, they only want baby food so that's a different area but for the majority of us um it's just keep trying keep trying and you can cook it in different ways you can season it in different ways vegetables do not have to be eaten bland you know they can be seasoned um often cooking vegetables you know things like carrots roasting them roasting carrots and parsnips brings out their natural sweetness so we're looking yeah. on taste buds exciting them basically but not too far off natural if that makes sense because adding too much sugar can get yeah. the body addicted to it. And this is another thing that I work with my clients with Adam is breaking the sugar addictions and habits, but it's really easy to do really easy. I haven't had a single client that cannot break their sugar addiction. So it can be done. Yeah. It takes time, yeah. but it's um, alternatives, is, healthy alternatives. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I know as a gardener, the, the fresher the food is um, actually you talk about the carrots and the parsnips and the, and the sugar the fresher yeah. the stuff is, is actually the, the more sweeter and, you know, the more yeah. sugar content. I mean, they call sweet corn sweet corn because when you eat it fresh, it actually is sweet. You know, time it's been there for about four weeks, it's not quite so good. But exactly. Um, so actually that idea of eating earlier, healthier food is, is going to probably be better for youngsters anyway. Yeah. yeah does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Exactly. Yeah. And often, you know, the best role models for children, especially grown children, are the adults. And if they see us being fussy, they will copy. So adults and parents must instill good, positive behaviours themselves so children can copy that and get them involved in the kitchen. You know, there's a lot of fingers that are being used on technical stuff, but get kids involved. Um, let them see where the produce is coming from, get them to prepare their own, help with, you know, preparing and cooking as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, but that's, and going that's out I mean, and picking, my... I suppose, if you're growing, yeah. being part of the process. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
But with fussy children, you know, I think just keep trying because <laughs> people can grow out of habits keep and trying. certain behaviours. And keep I trying as well that, <laughs> yeah, is there veggies as as we get older? You know, is is there veggies yeah. that that suit us better at certain parts of our lives? That's a really good question. Never really given that much thought. Um, ah. Not really. I think no. it depends. I mean, the, the only thing I think of as we get older, maybe, I mean, depends, just trying to think. Uh, not necessarily. No. I think listen no. to your body again, eat in season yeah. um, if you can. And just um, a variety is really important. That That's the thing. Yeah. Variety with everything. Um, but I guess as we, you know, so, somebody could develop an illness a bit later in life, perhaps, you know, like, for example, with my cancer patients, um, they've got difficulty maybe digesting or the appetite goes. So we're working on different ways to get nutrients in. Yeah. So, yeah, there's different yeah. ways and it's really individualistic, to be honest. Yeah, it depends on the person. Yeah. So, so really, in reality, it's about, you know, it's about understanding your own body. You know, yeah. what you like, as fresh as you can have it. And if it means you can yeah. grow it, all the better. You know, yeah. don't overcook it or spoil it or, you yeah. know, and, and have as much variety as possible. Exactly. And also um, the other thing is, you know, a lot of us do go to supermarkets to get our produce. But if you're lucky to have farmers markets next to you or, you know, people that grow, yeah. you know, go that that's another great way to do it. So I really, really hope, Adam, that we become a society because I'm all about the future where we are doing this and bringing the methods back where our grandparents and everyone and our ancestors, they were eating and growing organically yeah. and naturally. So that's the way to go it to, that's the way I see it. If we can do that and that will cut down the carbon oh. footprint as well. Yeah. And the plastics. Yeah. I think there is, I think there's a sort of a, a thing that goes on with organics that, you know, that uh, it's all right if you've got money and <laughs> and actually yeah. my nan and granddad didn't have any money at all but they had an allotment and that's why they had the allotment yeah. because they wanted they came out of the war and they wanted to be able to provide you know food for their kids so that was my granddad's sort of bringing to the table you know and, and maybe we need a little bit more of that again yeah i agree with you definitely yeah and also replenishing the soils back again so they're not nutrient depleted um, we're putting nutrients back into them. Yeah. yeah. So being conscious of our farming methods and the agricultural methods as well. So I would say just with the organic, just, just to share my thoughts, I always say to my clients, if you're going to go organic, make sure your dairy, eggs, meat, ideally is organic because they're the ones that probably yeah. have more, you know, the residual hormones and pesticides. Yeah. Fruit and veg, we can get away with it. And you can scrub and, you know, run it underwater and things cool. like that. Um, yeah. But if you can afford it, go organic. If you can't, it's not, you know, just focus on the amount you're consuming because we're looking at the volume and quantity. Yeah. There's no point in having something that's sitting yeah. in the fridge for ages. Yeah. That's going to be depleted. Yeah. yeah. So I suppose in a way, you know, in a way, the, 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 the vegetables need to be the stars of our dinner plates. Yeah. And if you can go, yeah, and the greener ones, because each, the thing is you've got different, different vegetables can have different nutrients in them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Kale, watercress, rocket, spinach, they're kind of, in my eyes, the king of the vegetables. They've got a lot more nutrients in them. They've also got chlorophyll, the pigment that the green leaves contain, which right. is similar to the structure of our magnesium in our cells. Yeah. Ah, right. Because that's interesting because everything you've listed grows above the ground. Yeah. So the moment we go under the ground, so we've got our parsnips, our carrots, you know, yeah. I know our potatoes are slightly different, but what what's the difference between when it starts to go under the ground? What does that start to drive? There's more starch. I think the, so. The 
the tubers and the others are on the, that grow underground. They're more starchy based, aren't they? So there's more carbs. Um, so they're nutrient. Yeah. They still contain nutrients. The more color, anything pigmented has got antioxidants. So carrots are commonly known for their beta carotene. Yeah. Um, beetroot has a lot of um, polyphenols that um, are good for the uh, cardiovascular system um, and a little bit of iron in them as well. So they've all they've all got different nutrients potatoes actually do contain vitamin c <laughs> there's more starch in a potato but it's the cooking yeah. that kind of breaks it down so yeah and then you've got onions that have got things like um sulfur and yeah leeks are also quite good so yeah each each vegetable has got its own vitamin and mineral spectrum in there yeah but if you have variety that's the way to a balanced diet so if i if in my head simple gardener that i am if i think above the ground below the ground yeah and then i can apply vitamins and and you know minerals to each and then if i think about different colors yep and in that sense have a good variety then i'm not going to go far wrong is that a no, fair exactly assumption? that's right and also yeah spot on adam that's right and the balance and also the mixture of raw and cooked because certain ones you don't need to cook they're raw ready to eat aren't they yeah like yeah. lettuce for example but certain yeah. vegetables like uh, the tubers and um you know some like kale is a hit or miss because i i think it's better cooked but you can have raw kale but again to unlock the fat soluble yeah. vitamins out of kale we do want the good fats to go with that so having a balance of both and this is why with lunches you know you could do more salads and you could add let thinking like a subway sandwich for example you know add the lettuce in and the peppers you can have it raw then for dinner you have a cooked meal where maybe with whatever protein you're having meat fish beans tempeh with some cooked vegetables and that way you get the balance of both yeah if that makes sense so it's a lot to think about Mate, a lot of food for thought <laughs> absolutely no do you know what it's, but i think exactly that and i think that idea exactly that's what you've done is you've provided food yeah. for thought i think for me as the gardener if i can think about myself the same way as i think about my garden yeah. i've probably got half a chance of, oh, of yeah. living a few more years Oh, no, you do, Adam, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Bless you. <laughs> Bless, Bless you, you. Well, thank you very much. That's been absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, Pleasure. I'm sure people thank will you. take quite a lot from that. Thank, thank you very you. much. You're welcome. Well, I don't know about you, but I found that rather interesting. I sort of, I thought that I ate quite well. Well, I realise there's definitely room for improvement. So after that, I did a little bit more research myself um, and I ended up um, going and seeing a local nutritionist just to have a bit more of an understanding as to how I can improve my diet. And I suppose that very much for me was to align with what's gone on you know, mentally over the last sort of 18 months. And a lot of people now talk about your stomach being your second brain and how could I improve my life? So not only have I seen someone on a personal level, I also went back to Sonal and said, look, three easy things that we could do at home that could make a difference to our lives. And Sonal and the lady that I've seen, herbs, herbs, herbs and herbs. Yeah, we can grow them on a windowsill, a few pots outside the back door. But the concentrated antioxidants in herbs is mind-blowing. 
Um, even to the point I was cooking at the weekend and I did myself a nice sort of um, just mushrooms on toast for breakfast. But I went out in the garden and I picked a load of parsley, put it over the top of it and then chatted to one of my boys about it. The next thing he's online looking at what parsley's got in it. And the next thing you could see is going in the chopped parsley and putting it on top. So it doesn't have to be huge things, but look at the herbs. Look how easy they are to grow, but also how they can affect us on a daily basis. The next thing Sonal talked about is cook your own food. I think in reality, we do know, you know, going down and buying pre-cooked food um, comes with its issues, but we do have busy lifestyles. And what I've tried to do is is rearrange my weekends a little bit. So I've put more time into cooking my own food over the weekend, prepping bits and pieces. I have got the family involved in that. Most of them seem all right with it. A couple are a little bit reluctant. But, you know, things like that can make a big difference. But then also, I think when cooking, thinking about how you set your plate up, you know, half of it being veggies, but also how many different colour veggies can you do? A quarter of it being carbohydrates, but trying to avoid the white carbohydrates. And then lastly, your protein, whatever that might be, thinking about a palm size lump of protein. And rather than just thinking five a day, how many different colours, maybe thinking how many different veggies through a week. Could you do 20 veggies through a week? And it sounds crazy to start with, but I go down the local market that we've got, you know, and I'm walking up and down and I'm picking out different colour bits and pieces at the weekends, added to what I grow. And and it is slowly making a difference. And I can see the kids starting to act in a different way. And the last thing that Sonal talked about is is growing shoots, you know, so, so shooting um, and plants. So things like, you know, radishes, peas, lentils, things like that, what we can grow. And it was fascinating when she said that to me because... I went into town again last week, week before, and there's a lady growing little shooting plants, ultimately on on more or less cheesecloth, but you can do it yourself on little bits of toweling, you know, whether that's sort of paper toweling, you don't actually need soil for that. And she was growing them in these big layers, and then she was cutting them, and she was adding them to smoothies and talking about the power of these plants, the enzymes, the vitamins, the minerals, that we can get from those wonderful things that we can grow. So there you go. That's your third thing. I promise you, I have given it a go. I'm not making it up. And I have started to feel a little bit better because of it. And whether that's psychological, I don't know. So there you go. Look at herbs. Look at a little bit more cooking yourself and maybe just growing yourself some shoots that you don't even need soil for. You're going to, aren't you? I hope you are anyway. Be good. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app. And we'll see you next time.